And we're back, and you are listening to Villain Cast, BJJ Anti Heroes, with myself, Chris the Villain Pains, and Naki El Jefe Oshed. And welcome to Reap the Week. But first, a quick thank you to our members at In Theory BJJ Concept Driven Jiu Jitsu for fight commentary, technique, and concept videos, private coaching, monthly webinars, and QA sessions please visit www.patreon.com slash in theory bjj uh i can see i so i'm reading my little script off the screen there if, if people people watch me like maybe on the youtube channel watch me go in this trance and i'm just reading um but all i can see behind my uh, my window is you bobbing your head like out to the side of the window and back in again and i'm like hi knack you you you're like a metronome you're keeping time for me <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it can only go well from here. Um, yes. So, yeah. Jimmy's mailbag is full this week. I believe so. Um, we have eleven questions to go through. I was pondering this when I was actually sat there, like collating everything, thinking. I wonder how many of these people actually then listen to the podcast for their answers. <laughs> they, just, they just send us questions and they're just like, I don't even care what you say. I just want them to say so. I want to ask questions into the into the ether and just hope for the best. It's maybe, okay. Maybe the answer it might will help someone else. Day. Yeah, it might help someone else. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but it did make me giggle. Because uh, that's how my day goes. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> Do crack your knuckles and get ready because this is a uh, this is going to get heavy. Um, I won't. I think a few of these. I think we'll go. We'll make a video for that because I think we can make videos for some of these. And I know I've been like, making a lot of content for In Theory, and I've been releasing most of the classes that we do at Fighting Fit. Um, not most, like some, uh, onto the YouTube channel. Uh, our newest one is already up. If anyone wants to go check it out, it is uh, straight to mount. Um, how do you find that class? What do you think? What are your I thoughts on mount? It's my meta really? at the moment, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, because you know I'm, I'm all about mount these days. All about mount, dude. I yeah, uh, weirdly, um, trying to hold people down, you have to kind of lie on them completely, <laughs> um, and you have to bully them on the way there. You can't go side control. Uh, yeah, just go total mount. There's a fight, yeah. and there's yeah, a oh, can't bother it. Guess. Guess who then went and said the same day about Mount JD, that, Mr. JD himself, John Danner. <laughs> so I was sent that video as well, a clip from uh, his from his Fanatics releases where he says sweep sub and stand. I was like, I so swear three to S's. God, there are three S's. He says, he says your your opponent on the floor in guard is going to either sweep sub or try and stand up, and I was like, I. I don't even know what to say. My Winter Soldier video came out, what, over a year ago now? This is the camp, and I'm like... Simplified. It's... It's getting weird. It's getting weird. <laughs> or maybe or maybe we're just... We're just what did someone say? Maybe maybe I put on a bum bag and like a bald cap. Yeah. <laughs> and I go make fanatics DVDs. Yeah. Under a pseudonym. Um... No, maybe we're just on the wrong, maybe on, I'm on the wrong, on the right, right uh, path. path. Yeah, right path. Um, Ryan, first question. I say some of these I think we'll make videos for, but the first question is how to prevent 3D control in the gi. I think that's a gi question. Yeah, and we yeah. can make that into a video. Um, yeah. If anyone's curious about what we mean by 3D control, that is all the way around. Someone, it's it's a kind of a basis of our hand fighting. Um, yeah, I think 3D control, I think we can talk about that in a in a video. So we'll hopefully record that tomorrow and I'll get up ASAP. So sorry, can't really answer it over a uh, radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Your Teddy questions. Um, next question. Is omoplata actually useful in nogi? Yes. Your thoughts, sir? In um, what way? In what way? You can use it as a sweep to stand up. You can use it from a position uh, to set someone up, just to bait them, to put their arms out. Sometimes, like, when someone's really good on top and they're posturing well, you have to off-balance them in some way. And if that means 
you're off balancing them and then posting and you swinging your leg around, you are creating a scramble now. And if you can't submit them, then you use it to stand up and it has its uses. And I mean, I don't think it's even a gi move. Uh, gi makes it easier because you can really grab the lapel on the foul side and control it, them and make it more of a submission. But I think for no gi, it's a, it's a good move to uh, slow it down a bit and maybe even create a scramble and get back on your feet. Oh, go I to think, the legs. It's a great position to go to the legs. You know what I'm I saying? I don't think for a submission in Nogi, I think it's... Uh, there's a reason why. Uh, it's never been pulled off in MMA, has it? Or maybe like once or twice. Yes, it's rare. It's, it's very rare. It's, I think it was Mackenzie Dean, wasn't it? She did a weird kind of thing. Uh, I think they even did like call that. it Omoplata. Uh, uh, did it, was it the Iminari choke? Did she go for Omoplata to Iminari choke? Something like that. I can't remember what it was, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah it's like it's, it's unicorn shit. Like you'll never see it happen. Um, and I think uh, you're right. As in, gi actually makes it easier because you can get the far lapel. You can kind of wrap them up and like slow them down. But in no gi, especially when someone's a bit slick, they're just disappearing out. It's very hard to kind of keep that elbow kind of trapped well. Uh, especially if you've got long legs, you just leave big gaps. Um, or someone could just do a, a roll, and it's more of a. Like you said, it's definitely a, a scramble-creating move, as yeah. in instead of being locked into a guard, you can just throw your knee up. Like I use uh, Williams' guard like as a, like a half-omoplata just to put stress on the shoulder. Um, essentially, you're, you it's almost going back to the wrestling use of the Kimura, like the double wrist grip, as in I'm using it to make you roll, um, but I'm using my legs to do it. So I see that omoplatas are Kimuras, done with the legs, and I'm using it as a wrestling move to roll you. Um, because I use it, I, we I use it uh, quite a lot on you to threaten yeah. you to make you fuck off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I'm never going to submit you with it, like nope. ever, like no chance. And if if that ever happens, like, I will transcend. I'll my my gear will fall off me, and I will float to the heavens. I will transcend <laughs> this earthly plane. Um. <laughs> like, yeah, be, yeah, you'll be lying there defeated I'm just like I mean we've sky. both been stuck in that position and we've always like the, it's very hard to pull off the sub in it you got to like yeah. chain it up with going to the legs yeah I usually yeah you can kind of almost go oh, and to K-guard and K-guard into or my inverted K-guard or whatever into uh, into legs I, I probably use it that way um, next question this is actually a good one for a podcast. How important is confidence for learning and what is a coach's role in creating that confidence for students? Um, okay, so, yes, confidence is important for learning. If you will get a lot of people who are not confident, I think that is where it is the coach's role uh, to create an environment where people are confident. I, I really like our style of learning, like how the beginners come in and... We always tell them, you know, go at your pace. You don't need to. You don't need to compete straight away, uh, because again, it builds their confidence. So when we're even ourselves, when we're learning a new skill, we don't just go completely balls to the wall. We we create confidence around the skill, and then we build up the resistance. And I think it, it, it it's the coach's role. They've got to create the environment. Hundred percent. No, completely. Um, I think that the environment like i say it's it's when you have a highly competitive environment that is what is going to destroy people's confidence um when it's dog eat dog in your own gym but when you can make it into i don't mean like you know we have a team we work together as a team but people still go on the mats and they try and compete hard of each other and the amount of stories i hear of people getting hurt and being in those toxic roles and i don't like rolling with this person because they're a dick it's like that should be stamped out. It's, you know, of course, don't roll people if you don't want to roll with them. But it should be a case that in the gym that everyone is friends with, everyone's friendly enough that you you try and support everyone as a team member, and that's just going to naturally build your confidence and everything because you're surrounded by your friends. If yeah. it's always that kind of stressful hierarchical um, approach that's going to affect your confidence and the coach yeah. obviously has to create that environment. Um, training isn't fun. When you're not confident, you're not relaxed, training isn't fun, then it just turns into like, you know, why Why am I doing this kind of thing? I think from, no. from a hobbyist point of view, you know what I mean? Well, I've said before, like, you know, from the Johnny Buck episode, no one stays at their jiu-jitsu school for the, for the quality of the coaching. They stay there because of the environment. 
And if you create a good, a good environment, then that's um, going to keep people around longer. I mean, weirdly yeah. enough, I actually did an experiment <laughs> saying this many years ago. We're talking like 13 years ago, kind of, I did this experiment where I was watching people roll. I was watching how some people would go into like a B game against some people, but an A game against others. So I, for the only time I've ever actually dictated who would roll with who, and it was weird. Like if you rolled with someone who you knew you could beat, you'd play your A game. But if you rolled against someone who you knew was going to kick your ass, you'd instantly go into a defensive B game. Like you wouldn't come out the, of the of the gate strong. Um, which is weird, like you wouldn't bring your A game to a tougher fight. Uh, and it was weird that like, it essentially said to people, like, isn't that odd? Like, you know, I've done this because you can see that how um, you're already getting your own head when it comes to this. And that's going to affect you when you come to competing. If you already think this person's going to beat you, you're going to play a defensive plan B kind of game instead of bringing the best version of yourself. Um and so that alone is confidence. Like if you know there's a confidence in your role, you'll bring the best version of yourself. And it's it's baked into us, essentially. We can't kind of avoid it. Um, so yeah, I think a coach has to be aware of yep. this. Definitely. Uh, next question, dealing with half butterfly. I think we've had this question a couple of times and I think we owe a video. Yeah, inside, um, outside and all that nonsense in it. We'll, oh, I think we can make a fantastic video for this. Yeah. Um, we'll, I think we'll cover it, and then we'll cover it deeper for in theory. Yeah, like, we'll go, we can like deep dive into this. Um, the hard butterfly. I think it's important. It might be. It might not even be the same person. I think this might be many people fucked with this position. Um, oh, Naki, why El Jefe? Oh shit! Uh, oh shit! <laughs> It's been a while since I explained that. Um, there's a few reasons for it. Um, so my actual name, Nakib, means chief or boss or leader anyway. So that's one reason. Another reason is because in the community, I'm kind of, you know, I, uh, I mean, um, I'm quite a bit known in the community, like, so I sometimes do get referred to as boss. So then I just thought, how do I put a... a, a because you'll see people just calling themselves bossy, so I thought I'll change it a bit and change the Jefe. And it was at that time when I was coming back into the competition scene at Brown Belt where I thought I need to separate this uh, persona for competition. And then I just... It's really helped me in that way, uh, competing-wise. So, yeah, I just kept it then, and then it stayed now, and then nearly everyone calls me that now. I remember when... Uh, I think I talked to you about that, like, create that kind of... Uh, it was yeah. from uh, Dan Krauss, wasn't it? Where he said, yeah. like, create a, a a fictional character that you play when you compete. So you're separating out your... Like, it's not you competing. It's not Naki competing. It's it's El Jefe. Like, yes. El Jefe can be as crazy as he wants to be. Yes. It's not you. Um, you know, I, I, I've used that technique a few times, and it, it has helped. And I think some people can get maybe a bit too attached to their personas. Yeah. <clears throat> Connor. <clears throat> um <laughs> And now Corbin Covington and now, now we're various other people. McGregor coming after you, Chris. He's just going to everybody. Yeah, he's the YouTube guy. If you watch his like, video on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, the villain, it was uh, also in the question, that is because Preet says I laugh like a villain. Um, he says in his thick Estonian way, like, why you laugh like criminal? You laugh like supervillain, like Batman villain. I was like, maybe he thinks he is um, the Estonian Batman. He's like, he's a stoic as in. Like, if you put Preet in a Batman mask, I think he'd actually like, he wouldn't smile the same way. <laughs> like a super stoic way. Um, yeah, essentially the villain came from uh, me laughing like a villain. But I try not to be bad. Like, that's... I try my best. I'm fucking up. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I wrist lock people. And they're like, you're yeah. a cunt. I can't say that on here. That's the worst I think I've ever sworn on this. Nah, that's nonsense. You said worst thing. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's my, my working class upbringing coming through there. I, I think someone once said, like, oh, you swear a lot in your like podcast. You, you drop the F-bomb a lot. I'm like, A, I'm British. Like... 
if you've ever watched, uh, if especially if you're American, if you've ever watched any of the Guy Ritchie films like Snatch or Lockstock, I'm like, this it surprises you. Um, yeah, they say that cunt like, top every sentence. Cunt, cunt, yeah, cunt. I know, I know. And uh, fucking cunt. Ben Poppleton, like one of the UK's original black belts, like he is just foul mouthed. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. I Sorry, I it's just uh, regular language for me. Uh, um, maybe it proves I'm not that intelligent, and maybe it's people Brit- shouldn't listen to me. It's British culture. It is. It is. <laughs> it's that working class culture shining through. Um, uh, next question: um, How to start wrestling? Where to start wrestling? How do you incorporate wrestling in general into your jujitsu slash MMA? We make jiu-jitsu slash MMA. Yeah, we have jiu-jitsu MMA. How do you bring wrestling in? Start right. every round standing up and don't let them take you down <laughs> well, on the floor. I think, well, yeah. Um, we've made videos on this. Uh, also, um, in theory, uh, I did a Takedowns for Beginners webinar last month. It's mm-hmm. right, it's sitting there. I There is a webinar, whole hour, with questions and answers on this very topic. Um, essentially, don't start standing. As if you're going to teach beginners how to wrestle, start from the ground because being standing is terrifying. Um, and so some ground games and um, rolling games you can easily start to. I mean, we also did the uh, the video. Uh, I think it was about two weeks ago, the hand fighting essentials video. I think on YouTube. Yeah, about it was a class three weeks, a ago. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. On that class, it was two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago, yeah, over, over, yeah. over, over, yeah, 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 under, over, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On that class, we talk about because that whole day started with us being Turtle. wrestling from yeah. wrestling from the ground, yeah. And that you know we've got all those new students in that gym right now, and I think that alone, like watching them this week using those ideas, was actually like I was like, oh damn, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Concerning these kids don't know how to wrestle. I mean, so we've got Josh uh, in with us right now from America, and he's trained with, you know, he's from Texas and trains in Kansas City, lives in Kansas City, and he's trained with numerous wrestlers. And he says, oh, you guys have got a really strong wrestling base <laughs> in this gym. I'm like, we don't even wrestle. Oh, we don't We do not do a takedown class. I'm, I don't. I haven't taught double legs or single legs at all. Um, and we don't have a takedown class class in general like yeah oh you guys are really good wrestlers weird shouldn't be um <laughs> so yeah the i think covering those ideas uh on the webinar and find the details on the youtube channel um i think the uh you have to uh, pre again fuck him uh he said it right where you have to start start on the ground don't you intimidate people when you start from standing especially in this middle class hobby that we have um, where people don't want to get hurt. And yeah, you're right. Just encourage people to be upright. Get upright yeah. all the goddamn time in your roles because then in every round, you're going to feel more and more comfortable with takedowns because you're going to get 20 or 30 mat returns instead of big, volatile slams. Exactly. Um, it's the easiest way. Easiest way of bringing it in. Um, right then. Knack. Have you seen the video of the guy from ADCC? Yeah. Speedos, man. I mean, I'm mixed because I don't really care, like, in that way. But I wouldn't want to compete against him, man. Like, imagine if he's in north-south and he's in top of you. Fuck that. Like, bro, you know, I don't understand if you're there to compete. I mean, I don't know the backstory to it because I've been busy today working all day. So I, I scrolled quickly and it came up face thing on my Instagram. And I just had a look literally 30 seconds away. I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? Like, why has he got shorter or a rush guard? Or why is he allowed to even fight like that? I think he's something wrong with his kit, so he didn't have a choice. So he was should have borrowed one or should have given one something, or at least put some shorts on at least. Because <laughs> he's not far so, from like naked oil wrestling, you know what I mean? <laughs> so one of our students, Patrick, fantastic, scary Polish guy. Um, he, Captain America. First... <laughs> yeah. well, he's Polish. Um, yeah, he's Captain America. <laughs> His first competition that we took him to, he rocked up in a a, a technical T-shirt and 
uh, like PE shorts of uh, pockets in, and we're like, you can't wear those. <laughs> and so they didn't have any shorts to to buy at the venue. So we, we asked around the guys, like, anyone just got some spare shorts that, that Patrick can wear? And you know, what did you find out? He was like, like eighty five that day, and he's a he's a jacked dude. Yeah. And then you had Ollie, who was what fighting under seventy. Seventy, yeah, under seventy. Like maybe about three sizes smaller than Patrick. To say, oh yeah, can you can borrow mine? Um, and dude, like he looked in pain when he put those things on and tried to like. Maybe that's why he didn't want to play guard or like go to the ground because he thought if yeah. I go down, I'm going to split everything. Like I had to stay upright and just slam this guy and try and win this way. <laughs> um, uh, to be fair, like the whole speedos thing, like I get it. Having someone's budgie, like slamming into your forehead isn't fun um i mean as much but, as people say it's gay it's not gay you know what i mean like but when you do shit like no. that you're turning it gay you know what i mean nah i remember like <laughs> like people who say oh, oh you know they introduced a bit gay like that's the last thought going through my head like someone's junk slams into Isn't my it? forehead i i'm well, not like, thinking fuck oh. Off. oh no like so I think there's I think there's an element of you know it's happening or like you just go you just accept it. Like the amount of times I felt someone's junk crash into me or I've jammed mine into someone's rib cage. And then I'm just like, you know what? We're grown adults here. Just accept what's happening. <laughs> and there's that's me trying not to sound like a villain. <laughs> More like the rapist. Um so I'm trying to like avoid uh trying to avoid it but it's just you you can't not in ju- not in jiu-jitsu you just it's a, you accept it and it doesn't then matter as long as it's not hanging out the side pulling like a jackass Johnny Knoxville thing with <laughs> testicles crashing into your head um like those where we, where people go for that valetudo phase in the summer with the short 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 shorts on like again I think there's no difference like, yeah. You, but what do you think? That, like, should should he have been allowed to compete? If it's in the rules, yeah. Yeah, it's the rules, <laughs> only. If the tournament says like you know, you can do it, then it's up yeah. to the competitor, I guess. Yeah, it's just like being in a swim pool with someone. Just. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that would get to me though is the hair. Yeah. Like, I don't like. I again, yeah. Everyone wears a rash guard when, under their gi when they're normally training but it's the it's body hair when you sweaty body hairs on top of your face and like bottom position is that like, just, just taking it somebody's gonna make gotta make a meme of that do that again chris <laughs> i'll cut that part of the video don't you worry it'll freeze <laughs> 23 minutes 20 22 minutes 50 seconds just just scratch my face <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was probably one of my first memories of jiu-jitsu. I went to a old London fight factory, like 2009. Um, it was uh, Monstro teaching there. Monstro, something like that. Thiago uh, Boris. And there was a dude there. It was the middle of summer. It was like June. It was hot. It was a basement. And it was one of my first memories of jiu-jitsu. Like, this is pre-rash guard. Like, rash guards really weren't common in those days. Maybe not in the north. And definitely not in the south because this dude was wearing just some shorts, and I just remembered his aggressive, sweaty man just rubbing his chest hair into my face from every position. Um, I think I've been doing jujitsu for about three months at this point. I think I, uh, I was with I was with one of my OG training partners, Rich, and he just learned how to fly and armbar from his knees. One of the first things we ever learned. And it was a sweaty basement. And so he went fly went in for this flying armbar from kneeling, missed it, and just like landed on his head and like oh, knocked it like like concussed the fuck out of himself. And then like, you know, you had the coaches laughing in Portuguese. Like they were there, like they're barely <laughs> teaching. They're just talking to each other in Portuguese. They just looked at him and, <laughs> and they carried on talking. <laughs> like these, these silly white belts <laughs> starch themselves. <laughs> so you had me like just picking chest air out of my mouth and then my friend unconscious after attempting a flying armbar from kneeling. Um, oh, well. 
times have changed. You've got, Fun times. You've got, I've got better <laughs> coaching these days. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think Mr. Budgie Smuggler, um, as long as, as long as you are careful with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't just I go gyrating it everywhere. Careful. <laughs> careful. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like a therapy session this is uh, it's a weekly therapy session um, next question next finger slash hand care for BJJ unavoidable um, yeah but I mean you can do like um, a lot of people notice don't warm their wrists knuckles and fans up you know like or just go straight into grabbing and I'm thinking like that's one reason your fingers will, will mess up a lot and like just basic hand strengthening stuff I think kind of helps like I, I got tendonitis at the moment in my right elbow and I've already got my things ready so I can like squeeze a bit and twist so I can ease this pain but other than that the twist no I haven't got that's something that I'm missing I've got like this bloody ball thing that I squeeze and a gripper and uh, this um flipping springy thing for the fingers which kind of helps especially when I think you know when I get like a wrist injury or a hand injury it kind of really helps build the strength you know when I tore my tendon then that shit kind of helped yeah. a lot uh, after the acupuncture and stuff um, but yeah it's sort of avoidable and if you do hurt it just tape it until it heals a bit you can't really do much more than that doctors ain't going to do shit for you I think it's, it's a it's a very uh well, you use your hands all the time in jiu-jitsu to, yeah. to play the game. If you need to put your hands out on the floor, that's I'd say majority of the injuries are always going to be from landing weird on your hands and like your fingers are going to get caught. And it's kind of just unavoidable. I mean, I think we had someone recently break a finger uh, at the gym. And I think it's an acceptance. Like, you can't, you can't avoid I mean, it. Welcome. Yeah. It's part of the, part think, of the game, isn't it? Part of the territory. I think the only thing is just make sure you moisturize in the winter, in the dry months. Like you, you're going to be there grabbing the gi and you're going to have dry hands. It's just going to yeah. tear the skin and you're going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So make sure you moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> you made that's, that sound that's very my, weird. <laughs> that's my pro tip. That's my black belt tip of the day. Moisturize. moisturize. Um, yeah, um, I think what was it? I think it was was it Herman Lee. He's the guitarist for Dragon Force, famous for shredding. Uh, and I think even he said he doesn't do gi just because no gi can preserved his fingers better than gi did. I think I remember that interview like years ago in Jiu Jitsu magazine. Um, yeah, you can see the difference when you go training no gi for a bit and you oh, training yeah. gi for a bit. Straight away, your fingers go like big boulders. Like, oh, please, no. They look like, they look like the elder one from Harry Potter. Yeah. And then it look takes like a, a few. <laughs> look like a like a tentacle fucking Japanese butt plug. Like, yeah. <laughs> anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> you got fingers like anal beads. Well, um, <laughs> actually, speaking of like, what, um, one thing going years and years ago. Where's this story going? Um, That's what I'm thinking. Uh, one of. Braulio's first black, I think his first black belt, Chu Kuang Man, he would say, you know, he was in his 50s. And he said, like, you know, if, you, if you're going to play spider grips and, and collar grips and that kind of stuff where you haven't got, like, your hat, your fingers can't touch your palm, like, that's what's going to fucking knuckles up the most. And that's when you're going to get the fucking Elder Wand fingers. Um, So his kind of whole system was to use the bottom of the lapel and make it like a rope because then you can at least. um turn it into like you can you can your fingers can touch your palm again like it's a perfect grip um and but and if the gear is pulled out it doesn't come through your fingers it comes out of the the side of your hand so it doesn't affect yeah. your knuckles and from pretty much like so was that about 2016 i was a white belt i still use that till this day that's the whole yeah, concept yeah. <laughs> it's probably why your fingers have survived better yeah, probably. Over these years, it's because you got that really early on, and I, yeah. I do the same. I don't play any no. any grip that I can't lapel it. Um, and so my fingers can kind of survive that way. Like I, unless I'm specifically trying to kill someone with their collar, yeah. I don't. I same. don't use the collar. I always use lapel. Um, that's probably why I play a lot of worm guard. I know. <laughs> Who the fuck guessed? You, whenever we're in the gear, you're like, you. I start playing, starting up worm stuff, and you're like 
for God's sake, stop. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you you do it as well. You always start wrapping yeah. the lapels around yeah, the yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. Always, always. Extra handles, mate, use them. Weird how we never talk about this on video. Maybe we're ashamed. We could do the gi. Everyone thinks all oh, these like hardcore wrestling leg lockers, you know, and then they Play watch us in the, the gi, gi. <laughs> playing worm guard and going yeah. lapels everywhere. Yeah, man. You got to like be a jack of all trades, man. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I think that I think that'll save your fingers. Don't do the spidery shit. Yeah. If you can't touch your palm, it's probably not a good grip for you. Oh, I like that one. We haven't talked about that one before. Yeah, I know. Uh, how to prevent dominant head control in nogi, even when you've got the upright posture? Stand your shoulder. Bring your, yeah, and bring your shoulder up to your chin. <laughs> Simple. Well, it's when, like, I think the issue is, A, you look at the feet and your head drops, and that's when they go of from course. the top. But also, don't let people down the center line. Yep. And so a bit of like the whole Muay Thai kind of aspect there, where if you go for a plum, like it's whoever's got the centre grip controls the head. So making sure you, you're kind of defending that centre line and uh, not letting people settle on your head. I think that's one of the things that kind of jiu-jitsu does terribly compared to wrestling, is that when someone gets off your head in wrestling, you're going to eat shit. Like you, your yeah. head is now a basketball. Um but in jiu-jitsu, you're kind of allowed to chill a little bit. You don't react as much when someone grabs hold of your head. Um, and so you kind of don't realize how much they're setting settling on you. Uh, so I'd say stuff like uh, shrugs, like, you know, shoulder shrugs, try and get rid of yeah. like Russian ties. Um, lift the trap, man. Lift the trap. Just walk forward with your trap lifted. Yeah, yeah. It just um, because you need that their, their blade needs to settle on your trap behind the neck and if they can't do that then it's just going to slip every time as soon as you turn the shoulder well, that's the thing is that I because I use the a U-grip like because I go all the way around the neck with my hand um, and I mean, it's amazing how much people let me settle on their neck and I'm like I've got full control of you no matter what you're fucking going to do I'm going to guide you around yeah like, there's no way no way I would have let anyone get those kind of grips on me in wrestling because I'd have been killed. Um, and so, yeah, you can't let you can't let people come down the center line like that. That's one of those things like going back to our hand fighting conversation. You've let people pass your elbows. Like that should be your first clue. Like they're past your elbows to so control your spine. Like your hand fighting has to be better. I mean, we've said this before is that you have this idea of the pocket, like how far your hands can reach. Like at what point do you start hand fighting? Do you start hand fight? Uh, same as like a, an intruder alarm. Do you want your intruder alarm letting people let you know that someone's on your lawn, coming through your yard, or in your fucking living room, like, or in your bedroom? <laughs> exactly, like climbing into bed with you. Like, no, I'd rather get told you're on my lawn. So you should be dealing with it out there, not wait until someone's in bed with you and then go, oh hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hand fighting and that whole idea of elbows. It's like yeah. again, like. It's when people saying, you know, preventing the bad lock pass in, in guard passing. I'm like, how the fuck did it get so far past your legs that you didn't deal with it? Boggles me. Um, I think it is definitely a, a, a hand-fighting issue and it's a control on the scent line issue. So a bit of Muay Thai ideas, plum, and um, a bit more external hand fighting to like almost like playing guard with your hands like you're not letting them pass your elbows yeah uh thoughts on no gi judo anything you can use to take someone down if it means tripping them trip them um yeah we use it a lot now don't we because people have got good posture we've got to find a way to break it and trips give us a good uh way to start off balancing them and then getting into the hips to start throwing them we do it everything aren't we really like judo wrestling i can't even call it a specific thing anymore it's it's just no, take them down <laughs> anyway yeah it's grappling take them down any way you can combine I, shit i think judo's having a bit of resurgence in like the, the style of the takedown but again like there's judo throws and wrestling takedowns have existed in both judo and wrestling forever like, yeah you have the mare which is a, a, a sionage uh you have head wheels koshigurumas same thing we have the double leg used to be in judo. Um, so you have all these like cross techniques that have always existed 
with each other. It's just the rule sets kind of change it. Um, and so, I mean, I, we, oddly enough, I'm actually finding I'm using more judo style now just because yeah. I'm getting older and tired and more tired. I'm not as quick as I used to be. Like, so shooting for doubles, I'm not as fast, but trips and koshigaruma and, and sweeps bread and butter these days. Yeah. Uh, and like body lock takedowns. I'm like, wow, like where were these? Yeah, um, exactly. Shit that we used to never used to like think is useful, and now it's just all just coming up there, and it's just mm-hmm. just because of the way we're off balancing and chaining shit up, and that's the mm-hmm. actual move that's there. It's like, ooh, ooh, this is here. I find you today. I think I hit my first ever live Harai Goshi recently, and I was like, almost killed, almost killed the person I did it to. And I was like, this is the. F- I've known this throw since for like twenty three years, twenty four years. First time I've ever done it live. Imagine like, it <laughs> as his body had crumpled into the ground. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm using more throws. Weird. Uh, Uchimata though has been there forever. Yeah, yeah. King of throws. King of yeah. throws. Um, I think Nogi Judo is. I, like you said, we don't like separating them. It's taken. No. How do you take someone down? Take the ideas from these things, but how to how to break someone's posture, how to break their balance, how to get under their center of gravity. And that'll that'll guide you across everything. How to foot sweep, how to find that perpendicular angle. Uh add all those things together, you'll invent judo and wrestling. Yes. Last question. Oh, we flew through uh, them. We did, we did. We had some good discussions there, but uh this one's a, a an interesting one. Okay. It's all been interesting. I don't want to say it's not been interesting. I love it. Uh, <laughs> how to create pressure as a small person? Ooh, posture. <laughs> um, I think the question there is against who? Because it's all relative. Like, yes. If you've got a giant person versus another giant person, if you've got a small person versus a small person, but if you've got a small person trying to create a lot of pressure against a bigger person, like, this is then our problem is that you go, why are you fighting big people I believe there's a strategy to beat any person you just gotta there's always a way to beat someone um, but I understand oh. what you're saying because a smaller person shouldn't really be using a too much pressure or trying to beat someone bigger than them with pressure you should be using your speed uh, and trying to make them work with your speed and then make, you know because if the, the usually the stronger and heavier they are they're usually slower they are and the more energy they use so a smaller person would have to capitalize on that but if they try to play the pressure game against them then i think you're doing the wrong strategy to beat that person um i think this argument that yeah i agree that the bigger person would beat a smaller person if the skill they set was the same just because of strength and all that stuff um but there's always a strategy, man. You can, you can, you can, you can tactically beat anyone if, if you play the right game. Um, I think yeah, absolutely. Like we've all got a neck, and if you can find the neck or find the joints, then absolutely. Like I could get murked by a five-year-old if they could find my neck. Yeah. Um, which a small person could take me down. Um, but. Absolute power is important, and there's, yeah. there's it's it's universal. How many people say I'm a small person getting beaten up by bigger people? Yeah, it's physics. Power is yeah, power is important. Which again, going into physics, there, if you want to create pressure, focus your weight into smaller points instead of spreading out. Like um, I think I did a video years ago, uh, misery side control, which is like essentially breaking people's ribs with side control famously um a lot of people hate that uh i think i, I did it on globetrotters as well um but then like i said don't don't like, if you're a small person fighting a bigger person you're trying to hold them down with pressure they're going to bench you the fuck off i mean so right now um i, I don't think it's a secret anymore uh the world's strongest man eddie hall is training out of our gym but you fit massive and uh, we haven't trained with him He's obviously doing independently, but yeah, a good friend selective. of ours, Taz. Well, he needs big people for a reason. 
Um, I, was, I was talking to someone about this today, saying that, well, yeah, but there's a reason I haven't been trained with him is because he outweighs me by about 50 kilos. And if his tactic is don't be on the floor, because why would you want to be on the floor underneath someone with like anvils for hands? It doesn't matter who you are. Like If someone's dropping anvils on your head, it's going to suck. So there's a game plan. Rolling around on the floor ain't going to help. And he needs someone who's of at least somewhere near his weight is going to try and hold him down. And like I rolled with a guy recently, a blue belt, um, just and he's uh, came in for a private, and he's you know used to do powerlifting and stuff, and he used to do like ninety kilo um, dumbbell overheads, like pulling it, you know, when I was lying down, for the sole reason that if he was ever in north south, he could literally throw someone from over the top of his head. I'm trying to hold <laughs> this guy down. And that was weird. <laughs> and it, I'm and sorry, like holding down mute. was hard. Um, <laughs> why is why is that not, why is that broken your neck? I've never heard of anything like that before. But that's amazing, it's genius. That so, is. <laughs> weren't you there? I was talking about it. It must have been off. Um, so this dude comes in, right? And he's he's jacked as fuck. He's, he Has he come to the class yet? No, no, he's oh. uh, he came for a private. I haven't seen him since. But he uh, he used to do. Um, like uh, dumbbell overheads, like lying down, pulling the dumbbell from over your head back to your chest. And he was doing it like 90 kilo plus to like, and aggressively. So you could like throw people from North South. And I was like trying to hold this fucker down. And he could literally just throw me from that angle. Cause I weigh that much. And I'm like, that's new. Like, this is I've never had someone try this mate, shit before mate, that's genius like he invented a move just to get out to north south yeah <laughs> we didn't make this um, guy famous bro and then like Taz is saying the same about Eddie like he's holding him down side control and Eddie's like you know Eddie can like literally bench like three times Taz's weight so yeah. like on one arm he's just going no, and he's like, okay, guess not then. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Taz is like 110 kilo. I think Eddie's about 150. And the, yeah, he's just no, sorry, bye. Um, <laughs> like the idea that you could like, even like hold this man's arm down to like maybe go for an Americana. He's just gonna like, like chest like um, fly you back in again and just break all your break all your bones as he does it. Like the man, I think I've seen a video of him pulling a Boeing. Like, I've seen him pulling a plane. Yeah. Oh, imagine trying to do, like, drives against this guy. Like, a bit of wrestling. Like, oh, I'm going to drive against you. Like, I can pull a plane. Like, <laughs> I'm missing. Literally, like, imagine trying. If he could pull a plane, essentially, that's you trying to fight the strength of a plane, like, pushing against it. There's no <laughs> way. Like, I'm going to try and, like, I'm going to imagine sitting, like, like standing in front of the, the fucking front wheel of a Boeing and going, right, I'm going to push this backwards as my leg workout. <laughs> no. <laughs> my knees buckle, fire through backwards. Um, so, yeah, like, try to put pressure on Eddie. Like, if I try to, I'm good at pressure. I've broken many ribs in the past. But no way. No way am I putting pressure on this man. He is going to throw me into the fucking ceiling. Um, like Zed, man. Like, can you remember rolling with Zed? He was the same. He just literally bent you like this. I'd be around his arm, and my whole body was smaller than his whole arm. And I'm, I'm trying to armbar him, and literally, he's, he's there, laying, trying to lift me up, just like this, doing a fly. And I'm stri- pulling his arm, and then he couldn't. He's tapped after, but I'm like, fuck me. Just relative. Going back to the relativity you're talking about. So Zed was a guy who used to train with us as a white belt, and he was 30 stone and he could bench about 32 stone well, i think it was sort of, that's my guess is he was about 180 kilos he could bench 200 plus um and yeah like what what hope have you got like as a 90 kilo human being a he weighs twice the size of me like i tried to play half guard that. with him and i said never again played close guard with him mate for a week my hips i was couldn't walk straight because my legs i couldn't lock them my legs were just open i thought shit i'm never ever ever played close guard against a person this big ever again do you remember when i mean he was what like six five as well he's a big guy yeah big boy um like frankie tried <laughs> frank to play close guard and frank's about 65 kilo like this man weighs three times your weight frank why are you playing close guard i thought was, I, I thought you ever seen like 
like the wishbone from a chicken. Like, I thought that was going to be Frankie's hips. Mate, when I saw them rolling, I was like, if he just falls on him, Frankie's done, mate. He's squished. He's just poor five foot four geezer, 65 kilos. He's going to get crushed by a six foot five, 200 kilo guy. He's flying. He's fighting a small car. Like, it's not, we're not watching a roll. We're watching a car accident. We're watching a pedestrian get hit by a micro. Like, that's, that's, that's where his name got solidified the tank frank the tank because <laughs> he won didn't he he did something yeah, insane yeah. <laughs> i think Which i guess then that him. proves the point that a small person can win yeah. um but like fucking jesus take the wheel at that point because there was no way like, that was uh, we were all watching that like not breathing just so we could hear his bones snap when he eventually <laughs> got ripped in half <laughs> like uh, we no, all no, stopped rolling alive. We, we all stopped rolling and I was watching the roll and we're like, shit, Frank's going to die today. I like, and the <clears> thing <throat> is, that's probably the closest I've ever been watching a roll and actually thinking someone might die. <laughs> not, not someone. No, Frank's going to die. <laughs> like, there's no way Zed's going to die. Like... This, this this car isn't gonna feel this pedestrian. Like he isn't gonna there's, know there's it. A, there's a picture of uh, me, Zed, Taz, Steve Langford, uh, and Tank. All of us are together. I'll try to get Taz. Yeah. Send it to you. Like you could see the comparison. It's mad. I think, I think I've got it. I think I've got that picture. It looked like that, like the the, uh, the image of the small blonde girl and the, and all the big dudes behind her. I was like. That's Frank. <laughs> so yeah, um same power doesn't matter. Like I think maybe we could maybe catch Eddie with some magic, but you'd have to fucking hope and pray. There's things you won't there's places you have to accept like you can't go uh, and do like you can't be on the bottom no chance bro. Like would you, you... try and hold him down with pressure? <laughs> no, I just move around him and just cook him a bit and yeah. just get him keep as, moving and tie his arms then. up. Yeah, yeah. I have to hope. No. Hopefully, you can outspeed him before he catches you and rips you in half. I, I realize with Zed that there's no point in pressuring the geezer because it's not going to work and he just bench press you every time. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'll just put weight on his arms and tie him out that way. Strategy has to change. It's 100. percent I wonder if Eddie could pull one of your arms off. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. Like. Just like just a submission that we've strength. we've never even thought of, just like grabbing someone's <laughs> arm and just going, and just pulling <laughs> it clean off them. Like, what kind of submission would that be? Just detachment. Yeah. We've got we've got rotational injuries, like hyperextension injuries. I don't think we've seen detachment injuries. No, <laughs> yeah. his, his, his arm just came off. Um, <laughs> oh well, yeah. Definitely go check out uh, Eddie Hall's YouTube for doing a bit of. Because he's training with Tom Aspinall, isn't he, as well? Have you watched the video of um, the mall hitting the bag? Yeah. Dude. I mean, yeah, but pound for pound, I think Jakey did very well there. So Jakey is uh, the owner of our gym. G Oaks is uh, his son, Jake. Lots more than... So it was a a video of um, Eddie Hall, Rico Verhoeven, Tom Aspinall, then Jake from our gym, Jake Oaks. And Jake is not the same size as them, yet he's hitting almost as hard. Yeah. And his kicks are harder as well. And I was like, oh, dude, that boy is scary. <laughs> and he's fast. Yeah, he's fast. Lightning. It, they all even said, like, there's no way. Like, all three of them said, yeah, there's no way it was fast as this kid. I'm like, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. what makes it fun like even funnier than like I say like G's faster and harder like, that's what I'm saying like I'm, I haven't met him yet but I'm gonna ask him like why didn't you do it G you would have smashed the ball I think it was I think it's just time I think Ooh. he was uh, he did all that kind of stuff in those days and like yeah. now he's just he's older and his, his son's his son's doing it yeah but, like oh, dude like, G's got like a metal neck and shit like that and yeah he's fucking yeah, yeah he, he would have ripped that bag that that punch thing, you would have ripped it off hard. Like, I remember, like, you know, really good kickboxers back in the day saying, by the time they've even thought about bringing their foot up to maybe even kick him, like, they've already been, like, rocked off their feet with a kick to the head. Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, I can believe that. I've watched him keep the heavy bag, like, horizontal. Like, it's... Yeah. I can see why Tom and, and Eddie are coming over to, to 
stone right now to train. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Are we interested as well? I'll, you know, let's put some MMA predictions down now. Like you know, considering Tom seems to be doing a bit of striking with with G right now, do you think that, do you think we'll go see some of that come through in his next fight? Yeah. If if I see it, I'll know it straight away that he's been working with them because they've got their own kind of style, which oh, I've really? kind of adopted as well. Yeah, you see it straight away. Uh, and but Tom Aspinall's got some great movement anyway, man. Mm. He just moves so well. I haven't seen a heavyweight move like that for a long, long time. Um, oh but god, yeah. yeah. If if he does anything that I see, I'll be like, yeah, that's that's from from G. That is. Yeah, I'd like to have a chat with them. Just, I'd love to like be a bit of you know talk to him also how that's kind of going right now. Maybe yeah. get Tom on here already. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Or G. Oh. I don't think G does podcasts. I've asked him a few times. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't feel he he. Might get Jake. We'll try and get Jake. I'll speak to Jake. Yeah, Jake would be fun. Yeah, yeah, Jake's knowledgeable on that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, definitely check out Eddie's Eddie Hall's YouTube channel for those videos and uh, his, his his social medias and that answers that last question. Pressure. I mean, I'll do a video on pressure anyway. I, I do a few extra videos and you stick on in theory um but yeah like small person pressure like smaller person pressure like it's it's don't think you're going to find it it's you're going to have to use speed half this time because big people throw you off indeed which we all accept eventually uh that we've that's work that was knack that was work got nice 51 minutes that was good shit we earned our we earned our dinner after that one. Um, yeah, at this time, um, <laughs> this has been another episode of Reap the Week Villain Cast. Uh, thank you, sir, for your time as always. Thank you, no everyone, problem. for sending your questions. Um, next load will be going up, so please uh, send them in. And uh, thank you. Have a good night. See you later. Do you have... Oh. Is it recording?